this is why we have the best time in the world. Welcome to Talk Direction, your weekly One Direction and Harry Styles podcast. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. And this is our 228th episode of Talk Direction. And we have a very exciting episode today because we are jumping back into song discussions of Harry's album, Fine Line, and we're starting right from the top with Golden. Um, yeah, I think we just kind of, when quarantine started, we felt a little unmotivated. We were anticipating tours being canceled. Um, think we just kind of wanted to do really relaxing episodes. And I know we've done a couple of song discussions in there, um, but for some reason, Harry's song discussions take more energy out of us. So we've been avoiding them. <laughs> but we are back with this glorious episode. So I'm excited to talk about Harry's song, Golden. Um, yeah, but before we get to that, I wanted to do a little quarantine check-in and see how we're both doing. Lucia, what's been up with you this week? Um, I have been um, okay this week. It's a hard time of year for me because my dad passed away. Um, it's been a long time, it's been 13 years, which is wild to think wow. about. Um, but Father's Day is always kind of sucky time of year, and then also like the anniversary of his death is like five days after Father's Day, so it was mm. just great timing um, on his part. Um, but other than that, things have been okay. I think um, I'm like trying to figure out more how to deal with the pandemic for the long haul, because mm. um, my way of handling it has been to just like not see anyone, like even at a distance, mm -hmm. um, just because it feels too stressful and like makes me too sad. Um, <clears throat> like when I went, I had to go down to California to drop off some dogs with my clients like a couple months ago and I like didn't see my parents even though I could have like driven by their house and like stayed in my car and like seen them from a distance mm -hmm. I like didn't do that because I was like I'm just that's just gonna make me sadder like I'd rather just pretend that no one else exists right now right. or like I live on a different planet or something I don't know if anyone relates to that but it is, I guess it's like my extreme nature of like I don't want to feel sad so I'm just gonna like not see anyone I think that makes capacity. a lot of sense yeah yeah and it's also kind of translated to lately I haven't been like talking to people that much like my mm -hmm. friends I haven't been talking to them on the phone and like people will call and I'm just like eh I don't want to answer right um and I'm like starting to feel quite lonely uh especially with like it being pride weekend mm -hmm. or like pride month and like I normally would do something but I obviously I'm not doing anything so I'm like, I think what I need to do is figure out a way to, like, handle the pandemic better. Like, maybe figure out ways to connect with my family and friends in, like, a safe way. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And I'm also get getting very frustrated and stressed about people not wearing masks. Same. As a side note, because yes. <laughs> it's, like, not hard to do. And yeah. it's it's, like... I forget what the statistic is, but it's like if both if, if 
you know, both parties are wearing masks, it's something like, I don't know, 80% like likely that you're not going to contract anything. Mm-hmm. I thought he was even more than that, especially, or if you're is. six Maybe feet apart like, as well, like it's yeah, like 1% Maybe it was like 94. Yeah, it, it's some something. crazy, it's like wearing a mask is like, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Um, and people just don't do it and it right. really bothers me because every time I go somewhere it's like so stressful and I have to like I just it seems like it's not a hard thing to just do mm-hmm. I agree if you're listening and you're someone who hasn't been wearing a mask this is your reminder to put one on yes put a mask on there's tons of cute ones like make it a fashion statement <laughs> yeah and you can also find ones that feel better because like my friend made me a mask and it was like in the beginning of when she was making them and I could wear it to the grocery store but I couldn't wear it when I was talking because I would just feel Mm. like I was suffocating but I got a different one that like tied in a different way and had like different material and then it like felt better there you Um, go so like there's ways you can go around it even like putting a bandana like tying a bandana Mm -hmm. over your face is like better than nothing yeah I think I saw some, like, also more medical masks now on sale. I know at the beginning of the pandemic, yeah. there were, like, you weren't allowed to buy them because they were supposed to be going to hospitals. But I think there's now some, maybe that, maybe there's more being made right. in production. So I think you could get your hands on some of those, too, which have, like, adjustable nose pieces. And, like, they're more flexible and stretch bigger. Um, yeah. So check that out, too. Yeah. Um, How have you been doing? I've been good. I found an apartment in Boston, so I'm very excited about so that. Exciting. Um, so now I've just been like in my head trying to plan what it's going to look like, and I'm trying to figure out how much to do beforehand. Like, what should I buy beforehand, and what should I buy once I'm there? Um, because I don't really have anything for apartments. I mean, I have some yeah. stuff, but there's definitely things that you don't think about needing, like spices <laughs> that you just like yes. when you're living at home. <laughs> you don't have your own set. Um, but yeah, so there's lots of like small things that I'm going to need to get, like an extension cord, this, that, a lamp. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Random stuff. That's like such a fun thing to do though, is to like get stuff for a new place. Yeah, it really is fun. I'm learning how expensive furniture is and that's <laughs> sucky Yeah. because usually I'd be like thrifting a ton of stuff, but obviously that's not possible right now. Um, so yeah, but it's still really fun. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, yeah. what else? I bet you can still do, like, Craigslist. Um, yeah. Because you can do contactless, like, pickups for those. Yeah. Um, definitely when I'm there, I'm going to be, like, looking at eBay listings and seeing who's selling what and seeing if we can just go pick it up somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is your move-in date? Um, it's mid-July. I, like, the lease is in mid-July, but I might not move in right away. Um, mm. I might give myself, like, a week before school starts, so probably around the 25th or 26th ish I think wow yeah so that's when I'll be going um and yeah I've been pretty much thinking about that for the past week and getting really excited for it but also really sad that I'll be leaving my family um we're all listening to um the song I'm leaving on a jet plane um oh who's that by John Denver I don't know I forget um, who originally did that because so many people have done it now. Yeah, but I just started crying immediately. Like I was singing along, and then I just like started crying in the kitchen. And my family all just came and hugged me. It was just emotional. 
I get very yeah, sad with like big changes. It almost feels like a graduation or something because I've been living at home for like mm-hmm. two years and now it's like I'm moving on to a new part of my life. And I think what's significant about, significant about this one is I don't think I'll ever live at home again. Like when I graduated oh, well, my yeah. undergrad or my master's, like I knew I was going to be coming back home and living with my parents. But after this, I probably will never live with them again, which is really sad to me. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just, it's a weird time. It's just a weird time for sure. Um, yeah. But there's good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so we also remind want to remind everyone that we have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash talk direction. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash talk direction where we put up a ton of bonus content, namely talk direction down low or TDDL, where we do mini half-hour episodes every time we record, or four times a month. Um, And last week's episode, we revisited the 2014 article in The Guardian, where the boys talked about um, pretty much, it was like the November before the hiatus, or like the year before the hiatus happened. So they were talking about, oh, we're not going to break up. But there was like some hints that things you know, we're, we're bubbling. So we just Mm -hmm. kind of revisited that from a 2020 perspective. And that was an interesting chat. Um, and then this week we're going to be doing our fanfic book club where we collectively read a fanfic and discuss it. And today's is very exciting. So everyone head over to patreon.com slash talk direction if you are interested and we thank everyone over there for supporting us. All right, let's get into the golden song discussion. As I said, we have not done a Harry song. When was the last time we did a Harry song? When you it, was, it was. It must have been falling because we've only done all the singles. We've done the four singles. We've done Lights Up, Watermelon Sugar, Adore You, and Falling. Um, Sorry, I just took off a sweatshirt, so I missed a... <laughs> what <are> you just... <laughs> I like, I was like you asked me a question and then stopped I know. <laughs> I thought it might go on long enough for me to take off my sweatshirt. Um, but yeah, so you were saying, so that must have been in what, February? Right? Um, I'm looking it up right now. Oh, March 19th. Oh, really? Falling? Oh. No. Yeah. What? Well, it, it says it was modified, our doc was modified on March 19th. Oh, it probably was earlier than that, though, because sometimes I open up old docs. Oh, <laughs> it was episode um, 212. 212. Okay. Um, I guess I could look in my podcast app and actually find out. Okay, it was released. It was released through on March 7th as the third single. So I guess it was around then. Yeah, it was March 5th. Dang. Wait, how was it released March 7th, but we put our episode? Oh, no, March 5th? The, the music video was released February 28th. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> wow, this is really something else, you guys. I'm sorry for the I was gonna boring <laughs> content. <laughs> I was going to say at the beginning when I was doing my intro that I was like, uh-oh, I'm definitely in an oversharing, uh, long rambling mood today. So <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> buckle in for one of those episodes. And now we're having this discussion, which just People uh, have proves, missed proves it. that point. I'm pretty sure our last episode was also like this when I was naming all the shows I wanted to go oh, to. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's been like a couple months. But we're back. We'll see. Yes. I want to I do them, you know? Like, I want to do the songs. Yeah. I just, like, I don't know. I feel stressed, and then we don't do them. 
but yeah. Well, it's like because it's like the when we do the Harry songs, like it just it takes more preparation, mm-hmm. um, and so it's like more work, and yeah. so we want to like make sure we like actually have time to like do them. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then I think also yeah. it's nice to have them because it's like obviously once we're through with them, we, then we'll, we won't have any more, and that'll be right. sad. So it's kind of nice to know that like we still have them all. But yeah, we're gonna start working through them. That's true. Look at that glass half full. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, wait, we're doing golden. We're starting off at the top of the album. This song was written by Harry Thomas Hull, which who's also known as Kid Harpoon. Um, Tyler Johnson and Mitch Rowland, Harry's guitarist, um, and it was produced by Tyler Johnson and Thomas Holt slash Kid Harpoon, and these are the songwriters who've pretty, pretty much written on every song on this album, um, mm-hmm. apart from Mitch, who's not on every song, but it's his usual crowd of guys who he writes with. Um, and this song we actually learned a bit about when Harry did the Zane Lowe interview on the Apple Music Beats one or whatever it's called. Um, Harry talked about this song. Um, Lucia, do you want to read this quote? Sure. My favorite memory from making the album was the day we wrote Golden. We were all sat in the kitchen at Rick Rubin's recording studio, Shangri-La, having dinner, and we played it on one guitar while everyone sang around the table. It just felt really good. Part of the thing with the mushrooms for me is that I never do anything when I'm working. I don't even drink when I'm working. I don't drink really at all. And when I was in the band, to me, it felt like it was so much bigger than any of us. I think he's talking about One Direction. I felt like I'm not going to be the one who messes it up. So I thought, now is the time in my life when you get, when you go out and experiment. You take this and you do that. Making this record just felt joyous. I was with my friends and we were in Malibu and I felt so safe. Now's the time to have fun. We're 24 and I'm in music. I'm not a politician. We wrote it on a day on day two of being at Shangri-La, and immediately, as soon as we'd done it, it was like, oh, this is track one. I used to drive to the studio, and it's perfect for the it's the perfect PCH song. It's like driving down the coast is what the song is for. It feels so Malibu to me. <laughs> Pacific Coast Highway. <laughs> yes. um, yeah, so I don't really remember what my reaction was. Do you remember what yours was when you heard this? And you're like, oh, this is the starter song. Like, do you remember? I I do, only because it was in the promotional trailer for his tour. Yes. Um, so I remember, because we'd heard it, we heard the song in the promotional trailer before the album was out. Mm-hmm. So we got like a sneak peek at this song. And we didn't know what song it was. Right. Um, but I definitely have a, a memory of that, of listening to it the first time, because I was like, oh, this is the song that was in the, the promo. Yeah. And I also felt so strongly that this song sounded like what a feeling not one direction's mm. what a feeling but the one from flash dance mm-hmm. um like i was like just so strongly reminded of that song um and i still every time i listen to it i'm like yes this is sounds so much like what a feeling <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if i ever listened to that song. i probably did a while back when you said that. i'm sure you know it yeah um yeah, I'm trying to remember. I definitely listened to this whole album in the car, I want to say. It's crazy how much I'm forgetting now. Um, yeah. So I don't know exactly what my whole feeling was with it, but um, I think I really liked it right away. I, th- I remember saying, oh my gosh, like this is the first song. Like This is going to be an awesome album. 
And like we'd already heard what song had we already heard? Adore You? No. Um before the album came out? Yeah. I think we had heard uh Adore You, Lights Up and Watermelon Sugar. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So then when I this was the first one like studio song from the album that we hadn't heard um and I was like okay another great song like and I I think I think I remember Martha saying it was her favorite right away I'm I don't know I'm trying to piece things together but but, yeah um, (laughs) yeah but yeah I feel like I still really love this song it's such um it's so much fun it's such a great album opener I think it's the perfect Mm. album opener just like the Da, 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 da. like the, yeah. the beginning music it just I don't know it just really draws you in and you can feel feel something like coming you know mm-hmm. does that make sense what totally. do you think it does like as a opener to an album um yeah I mean it sounds like an opening song it sounds like the first song on an album the first song you would hear at a concert mm-hmm. the start of a movie like it's definitely a a song that sounds like that um I think the idea of it being the first song at a concert is like really fun to think about because obviously most of us haven't seen this song or heard the song live a couple people have because he did it he did those couple shows um when he released his album and like when you watch those live videos of it it's like so exciting um because it has like the perfect way to like build excitement um because you can just do the like the, like da, drums da, da, or like the synth or yeah the like da da da's um and you can like do those for a long time like before mm-hmm. you actually start the get song. the crowd like pumped yes <laughs> um but yeah i'm not exactly what i'm not exactly sure what makes it that kind of song um i have a lot of thoughts about the music in general that we'll get to but as far as like what makes it sound like Uh, intro song I'm not exactly sure except Mm -hmm. it does have like a lot of tension Mm -hmm. and so I think maybe that's what it is yeah there's like a lot of build and like tension which like Mm -hmm. maybe is associated with like an intro Mm -hmm. and then like in the context of Harry's album he very carefully divided his album into four sides in this song being the first song is on side A, along with Golden, Watermelon Sugar, Adore You, and Lights Up, which are kind of the more upbeat, happy, I don't know mm-hmm. happy, but like kind of happy songs, <laughs> like more yeah. free, upbeat, um, and then you kind of get to different sides as you go along, which have different emotions. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of the album story, it's kind of... I don't know if you're talking about a relationship it's in that sort of honeymoon phase of the relationship it's kind of this top Mm -hmm. of the album the top of relationship where it's like happy and things are good except also there's a dark side to this song so not so much I don't know do you do what do you think of it in sort of the terms of the album story that fine line tells um I think it fits in so well and it's really fun that Harry made um an album like this where things are kind of there's like through lines um because going through this song in preparation for today I like kept finding a bunch of links to other songs on the album Mm. um and I think it like really is very a very like cohesive album and like um 
there's also I, I found a lot of similarities between this song and the last song um yeah I feel like I'll probably get into that more when we are going through the the lyrics and stuff mm-hmm. yeah because I think there are references like fine line as an album kind of mm-hmm. we've talked before about what what the words fine line mean and it mm-hmm. we've talked about feeling like um you know on on the edge between like a good relationship and a bad relationship on Mm -hmm. the edge between you know happiness and sadness of being Mm -hmm. you know um like even in like fame being totally famous and being like in a world that's amazing and then the other side is like being a nobody and like you could lose that so easily there's like a fine line between a lot of things we've talked about and I think you definitely see that in this song yeah Um, yeah and I also feel like I hear in this song um kind of this like because he talks he he repeats I don't want to be alone a lot Mm -hmm. um and so I'm I kind of think of like the difference between like um being with someone because you really want to be with them or being with them because you just don't want to be alone yes um and then also uh the um the lines about like I know that you're scared because hearts get broken um so like that kind of line or the jump between like being safe and like closed and like being open with someone Mm. um or like being too open or too vulnerable with like the wrong person could like be really painful but like also the only way to have like a really fulfilling relationship is if you are able to be like open so I think that is like another area where you can look at like the fine line theme um, mm-hmm. especially in contrast to his first album which talks so much about miscommunication and like um was a lot kind of darker in that way and then this album mm-hmm. is so much about like opening up but like yeah. still being kind of scared about that yeah totally and I, I definitely saw that in a lot of these lyrics and saw references to the last album and mm-hmm. like contrasting points yeah Um, yeah so should we get into the lyrics sure i feel like this is the quickest opening (laughs) i know the song (laughs) discussion we're like all right let's get in (laughs) um but i'm not mad about it um so let's start off with the title golden um i feel like when we were guessing song titles based on the dashes that harry gave us of how many Uh like letters we guessed some different colors I'm mm-hmm. not sure if golden was ever one, but I know we guess like purple and like other colors. <laughs> Is uh-huh. it fit? Um, <laughs> so yeah, we got a color title, um, and this one is golden, which I think brings a lot of feelings with it. Colors often have emotions and sort of objects attached to it, and you as a listener come with all of that that you've already had the association yeah. with in your life. Um, so for me, golden comes with things like sunshine and um, something that's like just so bright and precious. But also I think of that poem, nothing gold can stay. So you have that side of like something that's golden that's almost like too good to be true. And um, I don't know if you know that poem. It's like, I don't know. It's about. Um, uh, I don't know that I do. It's about like loving the things that you have and they're amazing while you have them but nothing gold can stay and eventually Mm. you know like things will leave but it doesn't mean they're not golden or whatever yeah um but yeah i i think that is also part of it for me um Mm -hmm. 
and I think it makes sense when you read the lyrics as well um yeah what what types of things do you think of with this title um well it's hard because um I don't know how much of my feelings about it are based on like what Terry has said because I definitely think of um like California sun and like being on the coast Mm. and like driving down the coast and like that golden sun and especially like golden hour at like sunset yeah um that's like definitely what I think of when I hear the song is like golden of the sun (laughs) yeah totally I feel like yeah it's partially hairy but also like everyone's experienced that like sun on their face Mm -hmm. like that is just and you describe it as golden you really do in the golden Mm -hmm. hour very true yeah um yeah so it's a solid title I would say (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm not sure I've ever described some of the titles this week but yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) still analyze them um so then the music starts and it the music is what we were talking about sort of leads us into this opener song there's like this really like Mm -hmm. tapping and tinging sound and it builds and then there's the ha sound or hey or whatever he says um Mm -hmm. and then the music really kicks in and then the da da da's happen and it's just it's just an exciting opener um and i would argue that those sounds the tingling and tapping it makes it sound like glistening sun or something it sounds bright and light and you know when you when someone's hitting the tinging tin sound I don't don't know what I'm describing (laughs) you're gonna be able to do the music better than I am but like that's like a radiating sound I don't know it reminds Mm -hmm. me of sunshine totally Um, so they totally nailed this opener (laughs) um this opening sound do you have a better way to describe this music Lucia? I feel like your way of describing it was really good. Um, like, all the, like, tinkling and stuff, like, uh, being, like, sunlight, I think is such a good way to describe it. Um, and I think what I really heard in this opening of the song, and then it kind of goes through the whole song, so I'll, I guess I'll just talk about that in general. Um, but there's, like, the um, da-da-da's, da-da-da, uh, that are in the intro and then kind of go through the whole song. Um and I feel like there's um, some, like, real, like, dissonance in those da-da-das. Mm. Um, and it's either the way that they're harmonized, because there's a harmony in that it's, like, da-da-da. It's, like, oh, I'm on the wrong key right now. But there's, like, two voices saying the da-da in, like, different, uh, on different notes. Um, and there's something about the harmony, like, that's kind of strange. Um, like, if you isolate them and just play them by mm. themselves, there's, like, something kind of strange about it. Um, or it's the way that the da-da-da's move over the keys. Because um, the song the song has two main chords, C and D, but it goes uh, also to E minor and B minor really quickly. So it's, like, C and then E minor really quickly and then D and then B minor really quickly before it goes back to C. But the da-da-da's stay the same. So it's like the da-da-da's are like staying the same while you're changing chords underneath. And so I think when it starts out, like the da-da-da's are over a C chord and it sounds right. And then I think at times when you're moving through the other chords, it sounds a little wrong. And mm. then it goes back to right when you're like you're back on the C chord. Um, oh, that's it's so not interesting. Like, yeah, because it's not like the da-da-da's are changing with the chords. It's not like it changes, mm-hmm. the chords change to E minor and then the da-da-da melody changes. Like the da-da-da's stay the same. And so right. there's, like, this dissonance, I feel, that happens. Um, 
and I'm not sure. It might be a combination of like the way that they're harmonized with each other and the way they go over the chords. Um, but yeah, next time you listen to the song, you should listen for that. Um, but I feel like this is kind of a theme of the whole song that I noticed because um, that kind of like dissonance or like unsettled feeling also I feel mm-hmm. like is shown with the E minor and the B minor because they're so quick. Um, like most of the song is on C and D and then you have these like really short snippets of the minor chords which almost are like little snippets of unrest like they're played so quickly it's almost like a hint Um, what would that sound like for someone who who doesn't know i.e me (laughs) i don't know how to how to do it without like a musical instrument or playing something Mm -hmm. um but like if you're listening where on the song does that happen do you know um, if you're listening to the song, it's like the chords go from it's like C and then E minor and then D and then B minor. Like that just repeats. Oh. Um, and you'll notice in the song, like it'll be like C, 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 E minor, D, 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 B minor, C, C, if that makes any sense. Nope, it doesn't. <laughs> I wish we could try to play a clip of it. Um, I know. In we could the... stick it in and hope we don't get it pulled. Yeah. Well, you know what we could play is there's um, a couple of tutorials of the song, and there's a piano mm. one that actually um, could probably, like, be a good descriptor. I could even play it through my microphone right now. Okay, do it. Okay, so there's a YouTuber um, called Kylie Lynn, and Lynn is spelled L-Y-N-N, and she did a piano t- piano tutorial of this song. Um, and this is just her playing the chords. So I'm just going to play this into my microphone so you can hear what each chord sounds like. So it starts with C. C. E minor. D. And then lastly, B minor. So you can kind of... Did th- you hear that? Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So the first chord she played C and the third chord she played D are like the main chords of the song. Mm-hmm. But that E minor and B minor happen in between Mm. but they're just played briefly um and i feel like they add this like tension yeah and like darkness um because like this song i feel like has this sense of freedom to it like you can imagine like driving down the coast and in a like convertible and just like having your arms flown back (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but then also has like this tension yes to it and lyrically it totally does too like yes yeah yeah so i feel like the music uh, like mirrors the lyrics like they're very um like they have a lot of relation to each other uh Mm -hmm. of that feeling of like freedom um but also like the tension and like the openness and but then also like that little fear or like that little bit of danger of like you know something could go wrong yeah and also the da 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 um that's another example of like the non-word sounds <laughs> that harry yes. does a lot he does a lot of la la la's but this one's a da 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 and it it really adds so much to it mm-hmm. like it adds that tension and the just i don't know you don't necessarily need lyrics it can just be through sound and through you know making it sound dissident Mm -hmm. um yeah and i think also when you don't have words the da 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 can i don't know just sometimes sounds can add more of a 
pressure to the song you know yeah Um, because they become like a musical instrument themselves Mm -hmm. yeah um do you have anything else before we get into the first first verse I i don't think so all right so the first verse is golden 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 as i open my eyes hold it focus hoping take me back to the light i know you were way too bright for me i'm hopeless broken so you wait for me in the sky brown my skin just right you're so golden Mm. um so at this part the music sort of quiets down a bit and harry comes in and like what i noticed was sort of a buzzing sound of like it wasn't strings because strings aren't listed but maybe Mm -hmm. it's electronically put in but what was that do you know like it sounded like a bee like kind of like this like choppy buzzing sound in the background i wasn't sure what it was oh interesting i don't remember that um it could be oh i think it might be um the drums actually are you talking about Mm. like the like the the hi-hat like the noise i don't know (laughs) (laughs) it sounded like strings okay Remember. There is a lot of like how you describe that tinny noise of like that's yeah. like there's a lot right. of that in the beginning, which is like the, the tin part of the drum. But mm. in this, it might be like electric guitar a little mm, bit. Okay. Because that can Maybe kind of that. buzz sometimes. Yeah. Or I'll it could be since they, since they <laughs> added in. This song is like actually quite like musically complex, like as far as how mm. many instruments are happening compared to a lot of the other songs on the album, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, there's kind of like a lot happening. Yeah, it's so much happening. It's like, what? What's going on? <laughs> uh, and so, like, that's the the sounds in the first part, and then in the second part of this verse, sort of when he slows down and he's singing the like brown my skin just right. Um, there's this guitar that sort of sings with him, and I call it yeah. a singing guitar, and I don't know what it actually <laughs> is, but that's what I call it. Um, and yeah I, I liked how that sort of mirrored his vocal there yeah um, as well um what did you notice about the um, musical stuff in this verse um one of the things that i noticed um uh about like the verses in this song is that i so i feel like this song is one that i have um listened to less than the other songs um like sometimes I'll listen to the album as a whole and then sometimes I'll like want to listen to specific songs or like specific sections. Mm-hmm. Um, and like this song is one that I don't often go to listen to specifically. Um, and I think like when I was listening to like covers and stuff of the song, I realized that like it's the, like the cor- the verses and like the chorus are like really different from like the da 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 part. And like, stripped down with with someone just like playing the chords and like singing the song i find it like really really beautiful in like a really different way than like the studio version because there's Mm -hmm. this kind of like chaotic out quality to the studio song um whereas the actual song without the like da da da's and like the drums and stuff is not chaotic it's like Mm -hmm. it's slow and steady um and like yeah, so that's kind of what I noticed about the music is that, and, and it has that kind of back and forth, which kind of, like, mirrors that that feeling of, like, if we're talking about a new relationship of, like, that juxtaposition of, like, 
the like calm and and like you know pretty and steady and then like kind of like chaotic yeah you're so right if you took away all the background stuff like even just the lyrics like it, it, mm-hmm. you know it could be quite slow yeah there's this girl on youtube who does like every single one direction song every single solo song i swear she covers <laughs> um her name's lisa B- uh, backer baker with b-a-k-k-e-r um but she did a version of this where she did a finger picking pattern on the guitar um Ooh. and sang this song and i was like oh my god this is so pretty like i never had like heard this song that way mm-hmm. Um, but now, but now that like when I listen to the verse, I kind of notice that like difference. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of lyrics, I think this part is so pretty. I think the imagery mm. is perfect. Um, I just I when I see this, I picture you know golden, golden, golden as I open my eyes, like someone waking up, and like mm. the sun is shining right in their eyes. Um, yeah and like hold it focus like you're focusing your eyesight as you wake up and you're Mm -hmm. like just seeing this light um but i also picture like waking up to the person you describe as golden and it's like that person's like above you and you see their face or something and it just feels so warm and golden Mm -hmm. um and i just i love that picture he creates um and i also i noticed how it's kind of the way he's done it, it's sort of in past tense a bit. So, mm-hmm. like, it's present where he's like, as I open my eyes, it's golden. Um, but then he's like, I, kn- I know you were, way- you were way too bright for me. So it's yeah. almost as if he's also looking back after mm-hmm. the relationship has ended. Um, so it, it, the time sort of flip-flops and is a bit confusing for me. Um, me too. Because then he's like, I'm hopeless broken, so you wait for me in the sky. And that feels like, okay, it's more present and even maybe before, like, the relationship has really gotten into it. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it is very confusing the way that the song is, like, worded and structured. Yeah. Um, like, you almost wonder if there's two different people that are being talked yeah. about. Or as I kind of saw too, I, I like looked at the song um, also from the perspective of talking about or to himself, mm. um, which is like really interesting because I think a lot of the other songs on the album do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I think even though songs that are like maybe about someone else are also actually about him, there's like a lot of kind of self-reflection Mm-hmm. Um, and like looking at this song that way is really interesting too, especially like in relation to the other songs. Um, so like this first verse, um, talking about, uh, hold it, focus, hoping, take me back to the light. Um, I know you are way too bright for me. I'm hopeless broken. Um, if you look at lights up, um, it's shine step into the light shine so bright Mm. sometimes shine i'm not ever going back um which is like a very similar imagery yeah um like you were way too bright for me i'm not going back Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. 
So I feel like it could be one of those situations where like the song is about another person or a relationship, but in it he's like put in these like parts of like himself or like mm-hmm. you know using using the way he feels about himself to like talk about how he feels in this relationship. Yeah. Um, Cuz also later on there's like other uh lyrics that match up with like different songs in the album too. Hmm. I never really thought of it like that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and thinking, there's... Oh, no, you go ahead. Um, I was thinking, like, it could also be, like, thinking of just his... How big of an artist he's become and sort of the celebrity. Mm. Not necessarily celebrity, but, like, he, all his dreams have come true, supposedly. And, like, it's way too bright for him. And, you know, he's in this golden space, but he's worried that it could go away. And, it, you know, he's worried to be alone on the other side of it. Yeah. Um, and also just sort of that is more self-reflective and not relationship oriented yeah because I feel like if you're looking at it as kind of more about him like the the golden as I open my eyes definitely sounds like a a dream to me or Mm -hmm. even like a daydream um and then the like hold it focus hoping take me back to the light sounds so much like when you have like woken up from a dream and you're like trying to keep it and like remember it yes, before totally. it like disappears like hold it focus hoping like take yeah. me back to the light um and then I know you were way too bright for me I'm hopeless broken is almost could be like him talking about his future self or like his ideal self or like who he wants to be um he's like daydreaming about and then he's like in this in this place where he's like I know that like ideal person I think about is like way too bright for me Mm. like I'm hopeless and broken right um like that you know maybe feeling like self-doubt and like this person Mm -hmm. that you dream about is like not actually who you are right wow this is getting really deep (laughs) I love it (laughs) and then um I have to say too like the line the brown my skin just right like definitely uh hits different (laughs) Yeah, like, when I first heard it, I was, I was like, ooh, I don't like that. Yeah, and it same. kind of, like, I don't want to get into this discussion about watermelon sugar again because I've been burned by that whole scenario. But there's also the line in that song of, like, um, what is it? Brown skin and lemon yeah. and ice. Yeah. Which, like, a lot of people, I think, when they heard that song were kind of, like, talking about, like, you know, oh, like, this could be about a person of color um Mm -hmm. where it's like probably not like I don't want to take that away from anyone but it's like that's kind of it just reminds me how I felt about the 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 watermelon sugar song like talking about bellies and me thinking like oh like maybe this is a song about like curvy women and obviously it wasn't when we saw the music video um so like I feel like the he's used that a couple of times and then and it's like I feel like, okay, but are you just trying to describe, like, a really tan white woman? Right. Um, and, like, uh, this song, so there's actually a Joni Mitchell song called California, which is one of my favorite songs. Um, and I feel like this song probably took inspiration from that in a number of ways. I mean, partially, the Joni Mitchell song is called California. And this song, he talks about being the PCH song, like, the, dry, the Malibu song. So there's that. And then in Joni's song, she says, um, I caught a plane to Spain, went to a party down on Red Dirt Road. Um, There were lots of pretty people there reading Rolling Stone, reading Vogue. Um, 
they said, how long can you hang around? I said, a week, maybe two, just until my skin turns brown, then I'm going home to California. So I feel like this is probably a direct inspiration, um, mm. like brown my skin just right versus and just until my skin turns brown, because we know that mm-hmm. Harry's recently been into Joni Mitchell. Um, so I feel like that's probably where it came from, um, but it's like a little bit... Um, questionable just because like especially our current um our like current culture is like very much about like you see a lot of people doing like pretty extreme self-tanning like white people Mm -hmm. doing like really extreme self-tanning which a lot of people feel like is kind of a form of blackface in some cases Mm -hmm. like when you do it really extreme like if you take someone like ariana grande for example i'm one of the people who didn't know until last year that ariana grande is white (laughs) right (laughs) i just straight up didn't know i thought she was like latina i was like oh she's white and then when you look at pictures of her like before she self-tanned she's like a completely different color which like again in a in a vacuum it wouldn't matter you know but like the problem is that like white people can self-tan or like tan and like make themselves look really dark and then get the benefits of that without experiencing the the like drawbacks and the oppression that like people who are naturally dark skinned experience. So like it's a little bit of appropriation, um, and it's like a much more complex issue that I'm sure we're not going to like be able to hit all of the points. And I don't even I don't even know if I'm sounding articulate or what I'm saying right now makes sense. No, it totally does. As soon as I heard it first time, too, I had the same thought. Same with the other, the watermelon sugar line. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you just have to go to yourself. Would I choose to use that word? Yeah. Because it would make me uncomfortable. You know, Mm -hmm. like that wouldn't be my choice. You know, it could he could say like tan my skin or, you know, warm my skin. You know, it could be anything. There's so many ways to change it. Yeah. And it would have been an easy fix. Yeah. So I wonder if the live version, he'll change it now. I wonder that too. Yeah. Because it, it, it does show a lack of understanding when you see a line like this. Because, like, obviously yeah. we know Harry isn't someone to, like, know something is, like, hurtful to people and just do it anyways because he wants to. Like, yeah, he's one of the – he's not someone who, re- who really tends to do that. So instead what it shows is just that he didn't even register – anything mm-hmm. weird about that right yeah um, yeah um thank you for that yeah <laughs> um, sort of on another note i really like the um o sounds that are used in this he really aces assonance where he says like golden open hold mm. it focus hoping like hopeless broken they all mm-hmm. have that oh sound and it sounds so cool yeah Um, and it's clearly very purposeful to have all that oh sounds Mm -hmm. um yeah it just it makes it really fun to sing and sonically it's it's really pleasing yeah um yeah and i also think of the hold it focus almost like him him trying to capture the kind of like what you said about like stay in the dream and try to get mm-hmm. back to that but also just trying to capture a moment maybe like you want to stay in this golden space and you know you won't be there forever and you're just like with like a camera lens you're like trying to capture the moment or something like hold it focus like i don't know yeah totally um 
Yeah. And then what else did I have? Yeah, he's just in this space where, like, the sun's hitting him right. I think he's sort of describing this person as the sun because yeah. it's like, you wait for me in the sky, and mm-hmm. the sky is, let's say, warming him just right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, it's just, it's it's good right now. It's, like, it's going well, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it's not burning him. You know, he's not being burned at the moment. Yeah. Um, but he's also hopeless and broken so I don't know I don't know um and then also like you were way too bright for me the first time I heard it I thought oh he was with someone where he felt like they were so smart and like way too smart for him and he kind of fell out of his depth oh bright Um, yeah (laughs) because I know like his girlfriend what like remember Mm -hmm. he's talked about her like being a reader and he didn't want to look like a like a dummy he said um and I was like, oh, and then I, then I also, obviously, the light, like, being someone who's just way too bright in yeah. the other sense of it. Um, but, yeah, I saw that dual meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do I have anything else? I don't know. Oh, I said Icarus Fall vibes here. Falls vibes here. Oh, yes. Like, oh, my God, totally. Like, he hasn't flown too close to the sun yet, but also if it's like looking back he has i totally forgot about this i when when i first heard this song i totally remember thinking of icarus falls and then it's like left my mind since it's been so long yeah but yeah i totally see that yeah um yeah anything else about this verse i don't think so i really love the beginning of it i love the hold it focus hoping take me back to the light um and then I know you were way too bright for me. Mm. I just really love that. And I love the way that he, um, the way that he uh, did the words, like, um, my brain has just, like, gone completely blank. <laughs> <laughs> you know how, like, it's like the, the, is it syncopation? Like, the way that the mm. words are sung. And, yeah. like, the rhythm. Sort of the like rhythm the of the way. Yeah, the beat, yeah. Yeah, um, I just I like find that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's really satisfying. Yes, satisfying. Um, you reminded me. Um, also, I was gonna say the I'm hopeless, broken. So you wait for me in the sky. Also, is almost like it could too be that he's just coming out of another relationship or he's been in like a depression or he's been really sad Mm. and he's kind of hopeless and broken and the other person has chosen to wait for him because they feel like the relationship is strong enough and will wait till you get to a space where you can be in this relationship um so I also think of that so like the hopeless broken part could could still be sort of the present where he's like right now I'm not ready but you're waiting for me to be ready and yeah, that feels like even too bright and you're too good for me. Totally. Because you're waiting. Yeah, I feel like that could totally make sense. I also feel like I remember when we first talked about this song, I made like the connection with um, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Mm. I think it was golden because like the lyrics from that are like, they talk, well, obviously the chorus is Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Um, and like the lyrics are all all about like this fanciful girl um picture yourself in a boat on a river with tangerine trees and marmalade skies somebody calls you you answer quite slowly a girl with kaleidoscope eyes cellophane flowers of yellow and green towering over your head 
look for the girl with the sun in her eyes and she's gone mm-hmm. so i feel like that uh like talking like when you hear like tangerine and marmalade like you think of orange and like the sun yeah and then obviously the girl with the sun in her eyes and then yeah in the sky with diamonds and like i feel like just the imagery of that kind of matches the it totally does imagery you get like when you were talking about how the intro of the song made you think of sunlight with all of the like noises and like drums mm-hmm. and like little sounds that are happening um i feel like also kind of matches like the beginning of that song yeah um yeah definitely um all right moving into the chorus it is now the choruses change a bit as the song goes on but this first chorus is you're so golden i'm out of my head and i know that you're scared because hearts get broken um so uh the first you're so the the first you're so golden kind of is in the end of the first verse so it goes you're so golden and then you have the da da da's and then it goes again you're so golden and that's the real start of the chorus but it's interesting that kind of like the verse ends with you're so golden and then the chorus picks up with you're so golden and they kind of tie in but there's like a little bit of a musical thing in between Mm -hmm. um and out of my head I was looking up (laughs) the definition (laughs) because I feel like we would say like I'm out of my mind Uh or like I'm I don't know but it does mean to like be unable to think clearly perhaps because of like drugs or alcohol so it really feels like I don't know he's like unable to think steadily about this relationship that may or not may not be happening Mm -hmm. or you know the balancing the two parts of himself or the you know his his artistry or whatever sort of interpretation you're taking of the song Mm -hmm. um but it's interesting here that while he's out of his head it's the other person that's scared and while in the first verse it seemed like he was the one who was broken and sort of waiting on this other person or having the other person wait for him to be ready Mm -hmm. in this course we also see that the other person is kind of scared because you know clearly they've gotten their heart broken before yeah um and yeah so maybe that pushes harry to be more open because the other person isn't able to be so he wants to be the person who can be open to maybe drive that Mm -hmm. sort of spirit in the relationship i guess yeah totally yeah i feel like too from the angle of like um the song being talking about or to himself like obviously it doesn't make sense because he says i and then you Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still kind of read it that way. Like if he was talking to himself being like, I'm out of my head. And then like, you know, when you talk to yourself and you use your, like, I know that you're scared, like yeah. maybe talking to himself, like, right. I know that but I'm... I think you could talk to like a past self or like yeah. see your future self talking to your current self. I totally feel like that's valid. Yeah. And saying like saying to yourself, like, I know you're scared, like, cause you could get your heart broken. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like especially definitely... coming after um you know harry styles the album the first one right you know it seemed like there was a lot of heartbreak and being scared of it mm-hmm. and yeah so i yeah. feel like that's that makes a lot of sense yeah and i love the i feel like the it's a clever way to say it to say i know that you're scared because hearts get broken um mm. like instead of saying like i know that you're scared you might get your heart broken right um it's like this is like a fact and it's almost too like that 
it's like this is just a fact of life like right if you love fully you're opening yourself up to potentially getting hurt Mm -hmm. and that's just like a fact of love and if you want it you have to like risk that yeah um so it's kind of just laying out that fact like and hearts and get broken both of them both of their hearts yeah just, like it seems like the other person cares about the fact that harry's heart might also break yeah yeah it is true the way that's worded makes all the difference mm-hmm. all right the next verse is i don't want to be alone i don't want to be alone when it ends don't want to let you know I don't want to be alone but I can feel it take a hold I can feel you take control of who I am and all I've ever known loving you's the antidote golden so again I heard this buzzing sound (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I need to listen to the song to hear what you're talking about I know like (laughs) I don't know what it is Um, it's like it was just part of the cacophony of noise I think yeah it was very particular. Um, so here we see Harry. We see this theme sort of emerging, I think, which is like, you know, you think, oh, Golden, it's about someone who's just so amazing. But really, the like the underlying message of this song is that this person's so golden, but Harry's like terrified of being alone after relationships end. Yeah. Um, and it it's so interesting that I don't know the way the lyrics are interspersed with like you're so golden and I don't want to be alone mm-hmm. I feel like there's it's that whole fine line thing and it's it's I don't know the back and forth it's like the fine line between being totally alone and being totally happy in a relationship is yes you know it just takes a breakup and you're on the other side of it you know yeah um yeah were you gonna say something um, yeah, I feel like there's definitely people um, who I know who, like, will just go from relationship to relationship because, like, they're too terrified to be alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, like, even if they don't necessarily, like, it's not necessarily, like, that the person they want to be with is, like, so incredible, but more that they just, like, need to be with someone so that they're not alone. Right. Um, and that's, like, definitely what I think of when I, like, hear this verse. Um and it's interesting, too, because he says, I don't want to be alone when it ends. Don't want to let you know. Mm-hmm. Um, which it's, like, it's an interesting – it's just – it's an interesting verse. Um, but I think of, like, a couple things. I think of, like, talking about um, ending a relationship with someone and talking about someone else. Like, this golden person is someone new um, mm. that you're interested in because you don't want to be alone when, like, your last relationship ends. Um, right. Or just talking about, like, you don't want this relationship to end because you don't want to be alone. Um, and, like, don't want to let you know could be, like, not wanting to tell the person that you have all these, like, fears. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, what I see, like, overwhelmingly is, like, this kind of idea of, like, being so um, taken over by a relationship or, like, by another person. Um, and like also I think your self-worth being tied to another person or like your self-worth being tied to a relationship Um, because the way he talks about uh, you know I can feel you take control of who I am and all I've ever known obviously is like 
describing. It's all consuming. Yes, all consuming. And then later in the album, he like kind of talks a lot about like this, this idea. Well, I feel like I hear this idea of like self-worth being tied to another person. Like, especially like if you take a song like Falling. Um, Because the song, it's not only talking about like, what if I'm someone I don't, because it starts, um, you know, what am I now? What if I'm someone I don't want around? Um, and then it says, what if I'm down? What if I'm out? What if I'm someone you won't talk about? So it's like, mm. he's taking this feeling of like being depressed or being someone he doesn't like and tying it to someone else's view of him. Um, yeah. like it's not just like, I'm someone I don't like. It's like, I'm someone you don't like. Right. Um, and then I see that in this song too, like that feeling of like my like my self-worth and like how I think of myself is dependent on how you think of me yeah and he knows like going in he knows that he's like mm-hmm. I know it's gonna happen I don't want it to happen but I can feel it take control like I can't yes. I can't stop it like I yeah. already see myself <laughs> like going over and whatever and I just have to love you and like hope I'm not alone again like yeah. is loving the antidote to not being alone like right yeah, and I love that line, loving you, love and use the antidote. Um, yeah, I think he's obviously talking about, like, I don't want to be alone and loving you is the the cure for that. But, like, mm-hmm. obviously if you are alone, if you're someone who's, like, lonely in the way that Carrie kind of describes it, I think, like, especially in this album, there's so much about, like, um, kind of self-reflection and, like, discovering who he is and, like, figuring out himself. And it's, like it almost seems like talking about loving use the antidote is almost like that it's like a temporary a temporary fix if you will Mm, (laughs) (laughs) like obviously the cure for like depression and loneliness isn't to find a romantic partner like yeah yeah, that can help in the moment but it's not the ultimate cure um and it kind of seems like that's what he's saying in this song because the song doesn't sound like he's saying like yes like loving you is like all i needed and now i'm complete it definitely seems like that's not the case and it's more like a band-aid i mean i would be terrified too if like you've experienced it before after being in a relationship that you fall into such a depression where you Mm -hmm. like hate yourself yeah like that would be terrifying going into another one like maybe you sort of got to a steady place and then you're like holy shit I can feel it happening again but I can't control it and I know when this ends I'm gonna be in that same really dark hole mm-hmm. and of course he is because falling happens and like that that you know that is that feeling yeah yeah and then also like the questioning who he is because like mm. I mean I just read the, ly- the lyrics from falling like what am I now um, what if I'm someone I don't want around? What if I'm someone you won't talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, and then in Golden, he's like, I can feel you take control of who I am and all I've ever known. Right. And then in um, Lights Up, it's all the lights couldn't put out the dark running through my heart. Lights up and they know who you are. Do you know who you are? Yeah. Um, so also it the is. same theme. Yes. Like, do you know who you are? You're yes. taking control of, of who I am. Um, what am I now? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. It's interesting because when I thought of the theme of like identity and discovery, I thought of it more as like this internal thing uh-huh. where it's like being true to your identity, but it's also trying for him, I think, like figure out who you are without a partner. You yeah. Know? Like figuring out how to like yourself when you're not in a relationship with someone else. Totally. 
Yeah. Because a lot of the songs on this album could be seen in that dual way of like, this seems like a a song about a person. And then Mm -hmm. you can look at it and be like, but also this seems like a song about him and like self-discovery. And it's like, well, maybe those are the same things for him. And that's like what the part of the album is about. Mm hmm. Um, I also saw ties to Cherry for this type of thing where he says in Cherry, I noticed that there's a piece of you and how I dress, take it as a compliment. Mm. So I think that's just one piece of how his identity gets taken Mm -hmm. over by whoever he's with. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's not always a bad thing. Sometimes you take on qualities that are amazing and maybe fashion is one of those things. Um, But I think it's just like a nod to like, taking on someone else's style or identity or you know their the things they love maybe it's cooking maybe it's like hiking yeah um yeah I think it can be hard to like keep rooted in who you are while at the same Mm -hmm. time exploring these other things that someone brings yeah um, to a relationship and not not losing yourself at the same time but being open right well especially if like you love someone really deeply and they become a part of who you are and then you lose that person it's like yeah. then are you losing a piece of who you are or do you keep mm-hmm. that like it's right. like that is a really tricky hard thing yeah you're like is this me now or was this just me because that was them yeah like i don't know yeah um this is a this is a really deep verse i think there's a lot yeah. to write into <laughs> for sure um do you have anything else for this um i don't think so all right moving into the next chorus you're so golden. So the last verse ends with golden. And then and then the chorus starts, you're so golden. I don't want to be alone. You're so golden. You're so golden. I'm out of my head and I know that you're scared because hearts get broken. Um, and this is what I was talking about, that sort of sandwiching of you're so golden. I don't want to be alone. You're so golden. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> it's that fine line between the two. And he yeah. really like he makes it a freaking line line by line it's mm-hmm. they're sandwiched next to each other and it's like he's you know you have to sort of read between the you're so golden literally to see that i don't want to be alone sort of freak yeah. out um and i i think it's cool in this chorus and then in the final chorus it builds even more so mm-hmm. in this chorus he does this sort of harmony screaming where it's like in the background and the upfront sound of his voice is still the same notes but in the mm-hmm. back there's this screaming yeah sort of thing which makes it sound more desperate and then in the final chorus it flips where the screaming's in front and the deeper yeah. vocals are in back um and i think it just does well to like build and build that feeling of desperation yeah um yeah yeah do you have things about this chorus no i think what you said was my thoughts um yeah like running out of breath <laughs> damn it Lucia <laughs> has something to say um yeah so I think uh... <laughs> <laughs> um so then there's this musical bridge which is beautiful and I feel like it'll be such a great thing to listen to live yes. because it just has this amazing building and this amazing amazing energy that sort of crescendos um yeah um, I, I made a comment if you aren't doing hand percussions at this part then I can't relate to you <laughs> yes. I feel like like I'm like always like drumming in the air or something mm-hmm. um and it says the lyrics to the bridge are golden 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 
And in the live versions, they're definitely saying golden, golden, golden. Uh-huh. In this bridge version, it seems more musical and maybe it's like really distorted in the background. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anyone hears like very clear golden, golden, golden. I don't. Um, I just hear gold, 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 gold. Right. Right. And it's and it doesn't even it somewhat sounds like voices, but it somewhat doesn't. Yeah. It's like kind of whatever. But um, so there's that bit. And then he finishes the bridge with I know that you're scared because I'm so open. <sighs> um, so this is like that line change where yes. it's it used to be. I know that you're scared because hearts get broken. And then he changes it up to I know that you're scared because I'm so open, mm-hmm. which just adds a whole new level to it. Yes. Um, yeah, what do you think of this bridge, Lucia? Um, I love this bridge. I love the end with that line change. Um, like, I I just love that, going from I know that you're scared because hearts get broken to I know that you're scared because I'm so open. Mm. Um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, first, I think, as we've talked about, like, the differences between the first album and this one um, – And, like, the first album was so much about miscommunication and, like, not being open and kind of, like, the opposite of being open and, like, being very closed and, like, not understanding and, like, all of these, like, wanting the person to do something but not really telling them what you want them to do. And, like, you have, like, Meet Me in the Hallway where he's, like, just let me know. I'll be at the door. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas in this album, it's so much, like, I'm, like – open and like vulnerable and like here I am and like all of me and like it's so different Um, especially this being in the opening song I think it sets a tone for the rest of the album really nicely you hear this lyric and you're like oh you know this is Mm -hmm. gonna this is different there's growth here totally yeah and I think like um you know talking about a relationship or like talking to someone else like I think it can be scary to you know engage with someone who's like so open and vulnerable um because it's like it's it gives more you know the more open you are the more chance there is of like getting hurt like the more you really connect with someone like the more you know things could go could be painful if they go badly Mm -hmm. um and then I also see it in the angle of like talking to himself um like, either, either like, a, a future self talking to a past self or, like, a, a child self talking to, like, a parent self. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, your your child self is kind of, like, the part of you that is, like, you know, creative and free and, like, your emotions. And, like, your parent self is the one who kind of, like, takes control and, like, makes decisions and, like, mm-hmm. you know, is the parent. <laughs> um, right. But I feel like, yeah, it could be, like, talking to yourself. Like, I know you're scared because I'm so open. Like, mm-hmm. as if it's, like, a new thing that you're doing. Like, and your old self is, like, no, don't don't yeah. be so open. And then you're kind of talking to yourself, like, I know you're scared, you know. I love that. Especially when it's, like, I don't want to be alone. It's, like, half mm-hmm. yourself is, like, being open by itself. And you're, like, come on, other half. Let's go be open together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah totally and then I'm also reminded of um fine line the title track um with this line because it has the lyric uh crisp trepidation I'll try to shake this soon spreading you open is the only way of knowing you Mm. um so like the open is similar and then the 
theme of like trepidation uh i'll try to shake this soon like being hesitant and like talking about wanting to get rid of that hesitation um kind of feels like it relates to this song too Mm -hmm. um where it's obviously talking about like wanting to be open yeah i really do love this whole theme of looking at each song as like his own like discovering of himself and becoming open Mm -hmm. and like his own back and forth Mm -hmm. with his identity yeah i think it fits so well yeah it really does i'm excited to like finish going through the songs and like see where where that plays out in all of them yeah um because i feel like it really does like in in a lot of them the more you kind of go through go through them especially like i'm thinking a lot about she which i'm so excited to do that song discussion Mm, yes i have so many like yeah thoughts about that song but um during the live version in london harry changed up the lyrics on the bridge and i just wanted to read them so it was hard to hear exactly what he said but this is what i heard um and i'm hoping it ain't broken and i hope one day you're open i'm so golden um so i don't know if he actually said i'm so golden but that's what i kept hearing which i really like that line I would love, like, that, I feel like that brings it back to that self-identity stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Like, imagine screaming, I'm so golden with the whole crowd. Like, that would be so cool. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I feel like that's really interesting because I saw that, too, in the live version. I couldn't exactly tell what he was saying. Like, I saw different people saying different things. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I feel like if he is talking about like if it is i'm so golden um i feel like it's like the song it's like kind of thinking about like the song is about a lot about him and like in the (laughs) studio version it like looks like a relationship but then obviously when you dig deeper you feel see these other themes and then when you hear it live he's kind of like confirming that by being like i'm so golden like yes i am talking about myself yes um kind of like a little uh, bit just for the fans um, mm-hmm. and it kind of reminds me of medicine, of medicine where like mm. that was a song that like he played just like he put out just for his fans because obviously he right. never like released it because it was like I mean who knows why but like you damn know. it Harry <laughs> potentially quarantine it was... <laughs> would have been the perfect time to do those studio versions Honestly, of Anna and Medicine but like potentially it was like too open or too personal or too whatever right. for him to want to release but yeah. like he gave it to us um Mm. and it's yeah it just kind of reminds me of that like having that little extra line in there just in the live version so people who like are going to shows can you know pick up on that and see that yeah I think it also makes me think of interpreting this song as someone who's in a relationship maybe with someone who's closeted Mm -hmm. and like you're really ready to be open and out and the other person isn't or like you're feeling yourself because you finally come out and like you're happy about that or whatever it is I also like get a bit of that oh wow yeah um, totally in this song yeah 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 Um, I totally get that especially yeah like I know that you're scared because hearts get broken right Um, like being scared to come out because of like Mm -hmm. your heart getting broken by not the person you're in a relationship with, but, like, other people in your life. Right. Exactly. Um, and then being scared to be in a relationship with someone who's so open because then it, like, puts you more in danger of, like, 
yeah being out yeah exactly yeah just another interesting interpretation totally um so the background music cuts out on that last line or it gets lesser <laughs> when he says i know that you're scared because i'm <laughs> so open and then the guitar like twirls you into the chorus again um and the ending chorus is you're so golden i don't want to be alone you're so golden you're so golden you're so golden I'm out of my head and I know that you're scared because hearts get broken. And again, he's like sandwiching that. I don't want to be alone in between all the year goldens. Yeah. Um, and this is where that shouting sound is sort of in front now, like in it's the lead vocal um, and it really crescendos. Um, and then there's this musical outro at the end. And the very end is like sort of this echo that feels like it's like radiating golden or mm-hmm. something. I don't know. It's really pretty. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I feel like the, um, theme of, like, being in the closet makes sense, too, with the way that it relates to Lights Up, because I feel like a lot Mm. of people felt that song was, like, so much about identity, and, like, I think a lot of people related to it in the sense of, like, their sexuality, um, and, like, when you look at the line in the first verse, um, I know you were way too bright for me, like, talking about either yourself or someone else like if it's your true mm-hmm. self if like you're someone who's closeted and like that's your true you're talking about your true self being like way too bright right um like how that reminded me of lights up like i think makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense with yeah um, that idea too because like i think with lights up talking about like i'm not ever going back like i'm gonna in- inhabit like my true identity yeah um and this song being like you know oh no like that person is too bright um Mm -hmm. like I'm hopeless and scared (laughs) but then also like saying like I know that you're scared is like that juxtaposition of like being like I'm hopeless I'm broken and then kind of being encouraging like I know that you're Mm -hmm. scared because hearts get broken yeah and I don't want to be alone like that could also be like you don't want to be alone going through like discovering your identity yeah yeah or like you don't want to be alone your whole life like if you have to live Mm. a lie your whole life or if like you can't be with who you really want and you're gonna feel alone your whole life that that. yeah oh how would the line don't want to let you know oh my god (laughs) yes yeah that totally yeah makes sense and then I think, um, like, but I can feel it take a hold. I can feel you take control. That could be, like, I don't know, when you, like, discover your queer identity, like, it becomes such a huge part of who you are. And it's, like... Yeah. And loving yourself is the cure for your loneliness. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. We, like, totally found the new meaning of this song. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like, it wasn't the intended meaning, but it's... <laughs> It's our meaning now. This is the new (laughs) meaning of the song. (laughs) But no, that totally tracks with the, like, uh, talking to yourself element of, like, I don't want to be alone. Like, I don't want to let you know. Like, I don't want to tell you who I really am. And, like, but I can feel it take a hold being, like, I can feel, you know, my true self taking control. Right. Um, It can't be, like, shoved down anymore. It's coming out. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. And, like, of who I am and all I've ever known because it's, like, I feel like when you start to kind of like discover your like identity as a queer person, like 
there is that time where you like look back on all of your experiences and realize like how much of your life has been like shaped or like affected by that Mm -hmm. um like it and it can have that that sense of like all I've ever known um and then Mm -hmm. yeah I love the idea of loving you is the antidote like loving your true self (laughs) (laughs) we really went to a space here (laughs) I this is I think we're gonna make every song gay when we do yes that is that's what we do (laughs) (laughs) that's how I enjoy music like right exactly um, but I like this interpretation. I'm like, I've never really thought of it as like a self-identity, self-love song. Yeah, but I'm ready either. to sing it and blast it and be like, I'm so good. Yes. Oh my God. I'm totally going to do that. It also like really tracks with all of the stuff about that I kind of felt in the beginning of like, oh, sorry. The like, the, like, <laughs> the, the freedom versus tension like aspect of it like the sense of being so free but then also there's like this tension and this fear like uh. (laughs) yes oh you know what I just when you said that I was thinking of the da 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 again Uh and it made me realize why I think I what I was trying to say about that isn't that like the same glee had that like yes like it had something like that and then like it was always like it built the tension because you knew something was gonna happen that's true (laughs) yeah they did that that yeah like a like a bee and then like they get splashed with a milkshake or yes. something. <laughs> <laughs> the tension is there yes. it's glee that's where they got their inspo <laughs> i was actually re-watching some clips of glee the other day and i forgot really? how like off the freaking wall that show was yes in the beginning of quarantine i started re-watching parts of it oh, i had you? to fast forward anything with mr schuster oh god I hated he's him so disturbing baby. <laughs> he's such a creep but i was re-watching like some of the songs and stuff and it's yeah. very entertaining <laughs> i know i wish that it i feel like it got really bad and i had to stop watching after like two, yeah. two or three seasons yeah i don't know <laughs> what i didn't i definitely didn't watch the last few seasons i same I but there was a time where glee was very very important to my yes. self-development that's a topic for yes. another discussion <laughs> <laughs> well, i feel like that pretty much sums up our discussion about golden yeah so golden um, is i don't know song if it'll be a single <laughs> <laughs> yes um, I'm not sure if it'll be a single. I don't know if he's ended his singles. I don't know if quarantine interrupted the flow of singles. Um, I feel yeah. like it has potential to be one, though. Yeah, do I don't know. I feel like it does, but I also feel like um, because it's like this intro, like has this this specific designation, it makes me feel like it's not going to be a single because it like yeah i don't know it's too specific or something right i'm i'm excited to hear it live that's Ugh, what i'm really looking forward to too. i was re-watching like the live versions for this episode and it just really got me so excited to see him in concert again i, I think because i knew tour wasn't happening i was just like oh it's not not a big deal and now i'm like oh my god tour is amazing like it i is. forget how much like joy I get going I to concerts. Me too. I just hope oh. by the time his second tour comes around, he doesn't put that Bukowski poem in the beginning. Oh my God! Yeah, he needs to start a petition or something. He learns. 
God, it's so annoying. <laughs> we could just boo it until <laughs> until it goes away. I feel like I'll have to do that, and then everyone will hate me. <laughs> yeah, or we'll bring like signs. <laughs> <laughs> Bukowski hated women. Do you hate us? <laughs> Something like that. Yes. <laughs> um. Anywho, guys, let us know what you thought of this song. Um, did we get the interpretation right? Do you have another <laughs> interpretation we never said at all? I would be interested to hear it. Um, and also let us know what song you want us to do next, because this was really enjoyable. And mm. I think I forget how much I get out of these song discussions. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's something about Harry's music that, like, really speaks to me. And, like, mm. I think I forget sometimes. And then we, like, do one of these songs discussions. And then I'm, like, reminded. Yeah. Um, there's just, like, something in, in his, yeah, his music that really, like, makes me like inspired and like makes me like me yeah, too. really think i feel like i kind of am mad at him right now because it's like the watermelon sugar music video mm. <laughs> um, and i was like wasn't sure how this song discussion was gonna go but right. um but that yeah as soon as i start to like explore i'm like oh what about this like oh this is so right. interesting like and so yeah into it so mm. yeah uh, i agree so now we've come to the part of the episode where we are going to discuss Black Lives Matter. We've decided to do this every week um, because we feel like, or I know Lucia, you said Matt Belisai had this part on his podcast called Do Better White People Accountability Hour Yes, um, on his podcast. So we're going to try to do this segment every podcast and talk about different things related to Black Lives Matter. Um, and I wanted to start this week by talking about the Black Music Action Coalition because I feel like it ties really into what we discuss on this podcast um, because we're a pop music podcast and we have before discussed, um, I know Lucia, you know more about it, but just the origins of music and how mm-hmm. pop music especially comes from Black people and ba- Black culture. Yeah. Um, And we've also talked a lot about how the music industry, especially from what we see from One Direction and the boys as solo artists, they don't really work with black producers, black writers, black artists. And we've always had a problem with that and brought it up and discussed that. And um, I'm just interested to see where this Black Music Action Coalition goes and Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what, what type of change it can have on the music industry. Do you want to read the little blurb I've put in here about what it is? Sure. Um, We are the Black Music Action Coalition, which was formed through inspiration by and in alliance with the hashtag the show must be paused, along with our grief and outrage over the murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, Tony McDade, and Rayshard Brooks. Our coalition consists of artists, producers, songwriters, managers, business managers, attorneys, and other passionate industry professionals who are deeply concerned about systematic racism, not only in society at large, but within our own house, the music business. We created BMAC to address longstanding racial inequities in the business, the financial impact of those inequities for both Black artists and executives, and ways we can work with you urgently to solve these problems. Additionally, BMAC will support groups and programs committed to progressing the equality of Black lives around the country. Um, So this is just a snippet of the whole letter that they put out, um, and you can read the whole thing at www.bmacoalition.org, and it has information about who's, like, leading this group, 
Um, and there's all these people who have signed it, including Harry um, and then Jeff and Irving Azoff, who are part of Harry's management. Irving Azoff is on, like, one of the boards or something for this. So, um, yeah, I, I hope this, for me, I hope this means that Harry is getting the wake-up call to work with more black artists, producers, mm-hmm. songwriters. Um, I think, like, I mean, we've said it so many times. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I'm hoping that this can bring change to the music industry. I mean, yeah. it becomes so obvious that it's run <laughs> by white people and <laughs> white men, mm-hmm. especially. Um, I was listening to Beyonce's Lemonade um, yesterday and just remembering the moment she didn't win the Grammy (laughs) for it. Yes. And like how stupid that was and how Adele got up there and was like, this isn't right. Like Lemonade was the best thing ever. Um, And just like I've started listening to that podcast that goes into each of the songs on Lemonade Mm. and like has the like the meaning behind it and the inspiration and stuff mm-hmm. and it just like it's so obvious that that was what should have went one yeah like the people who are voting for this it's just it's not it's like a whole bunch of white people who right. vote who vote for who win these things so yeah yeah, yeah I, don't know. I, I hope and that's just like one segment that's one little small aspect you know? yeah yeah i do hope that this is a wake-up call for harry and that he'll actually make some changes because you know, actions speak louder than words, and, like, it's great that he's signed this, but, like, let's see what you're actually going to do beyond this. And I feel like this has kind of been a problem with Harry, and honestly with most of the boys, is that, well, like, so Harry's writing team is very small and very, like, uh, it's the same, you know, he writes with the same people regularly, um, which, like, makes sense because it's, like, you want to write with who you're comfortable with and, like, who you have a relationship with. But also, like, if Harry wants to, like, push himself out of his comfort zone and, like, um, if he wants to be, like, making, you know, like, developing as an artist and, like, you know, do, like, not just stay where it's comfortable, like, working with people who aren't cis white men is like a good place mm-hmm. to start and like a good way to do that <laughs> yes totally um, there's only so much you can grow when you're surrounded by people that are exactly like you yeah and his whole team is all cis white men um right. so like you know it makes sense when you when you see stuff like little things in his music or what he does that kind of get by unnoticed it's like well yeah of course they did because who is going to notice if everyone right. on his team is a white man. Yeah. And I, I want to see black musicians on, in his band. Yes. I want to see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there's room. There's so many instruments mm-hmm. on this freaking album. Give us a horn section. Yes. Give us, like, you know, strings. Give us, you know, there's so many things. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited to see what comes out of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm, and you go follow their Twitter and Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I also wanted to update you guys on the book I started reading um, that I re- recommended or that I said I was going to start reading last week mm-hmm. um, by Kimberly Jones and Gilly Siegel called I'm Not Dying With You Tonight. And it's a young adult book. And um, 
it's supposed to be like a page turner and so like such a good read but it also deals with race relations and racism and all that stuff and I definitely have to agree with that it's it's been I think it's such a good way to learn about race and racism from the two characters in it because it goes back and forth first person like first person narrative between two girls who are in high school which is also really weird to read a book about high school uh-huh. like because it's like it's set in high school nowadays oh. um and it's like they're talking about instagram and this and that and i was yeah. like this is so funny That's so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the lingo is just like very like young young high school lingo and i'm like i'm not used to this uh-huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just so obvious because it does both first person narratives of a black girl and a white girl. Um, and you can see immediately like where the white girl just doesn't understand, you know, mm-hmm. understand things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to give away stuff. But yeah, yeah I, I'm really enjoying this book. I really want to read this. Um, yeah. And go check it out. If you guys have book recommendations, let me know. Yeah. Um, Lucia, what do you have prepared for this segment? So I have kind of a little bit of a history thing again. Um, hopefully it's not going to be too long because um, I'm going to read a little bit of an excerpt. Um, but I found it very interesting. Um, as kind of a, This is kind of a twofold uh, segment that I have. So it started with a recommendation to follow this awesome creator called Rinstar. Um, R-Y-N-N-S-T-A-R. So I found her on TikTok, actually. Um, she's a big TikToker. And um, her, like, account is, like, my favorite. Um, she's also on Instagram at wordy.talk. Um, but she is, like, a linguistics expert, a uh, language mm. expert, and, like, history buff. And she makes these videos that are, like, educational but so fun. Um, like... You know when you have like when you find those those creators who can like give you like little history lessons um that are like so entertaining and like so captivating and like you'll just start watching her talk and you're like what the heck and like you're so enthralled Mm -hmm. by like what she's saying um and like she has all these really cool language stuff um and then she also makes songs so she'll like make up a little song to like teach you about stuff so she like made one recently about like white savior complex and like movies um but it's like a fun Mm. fun little song yes (laughs) so she's really hilarious and like amazing um and one of her recent uh videos was about claudette colvin um and so i watched this and i was like really interested in it and then i like did a little bit of research and found an expert excerpt from a book about claudette colvin so i'm going to read kind of the description from um rinstar's video and then i'll read the excerpt um so this is from rinstar she said do you know why rosa parks is who you learn about in school rosa parks was not the first black woman to refuse to give up her seat on the bus one of the first was claudette colvin on march 2nd 1955 nine months before rosa parks um, she was riding the city bus home from school she was 15 the bus driver asked her to give up her seat for a white lady. She refused and said, I paid my fare just like she did, and it is my constitutional right to sit here. The NAACP decided against using her as a symbol for the bus boycott movement because she was just 15 years old and got pregnant out of wedlock. 
They knew that fact would be used against them. They had to find a nice, pure black to represent their cause. So eventually they settled on Rosa Parks, a light-skinned, school-marmed lady who seemed very non-threatening. From the beginning, civil rights has always been tailored around white comfort in order to be successful. Um, so I had never heard of Claudette Colvin, and I didn't know this about the bus boycott movement um, and how it was like they had to they had to create it and to be successful, mm-hmm. like to to make white people comfortable. Like they couldn't have this like pregnant fifteen year old be the face of the movement right. because white people would have discredited her. Um, right. And then this is um, an excerpt from a book called um, Claudette Colvin, Twice Toward Justice by Philip Hoos. Um, and so it's Claudette speaking uh, and then the author in between. Um, Claudette. One of them said to the driver in a very angry tone, who is it? Oh, this is her recalling the incident. The motorman pointed at me. I heard him say, that's nothing new. I've had trouble with that thing before. He called me a thing. They came to me and stood over me and said, aren't you going to get up? I said, no, sir. He shouted, get up again. I started crying, but I felt even more defiant. I kept saying over and over in my high-pitched voice, it's my constitutional right to sit here as much as that lady. I paid my fare. It's my constitutional right. I knew I was talking back to a white policeman, but I had had enough. And keep in mind that this girl's 15 at the time. Wow. Um, One cop grabbed one of my hands and his partner grabbed the other and they pulled me straight up out of my seat. My books went flying everywhere. I went limp as a baby. I was too smart to fight back. They started dragging me backwards off the bus. One of them kicked me. I might have scratched one of them because I had long nails, but I sure didn't fight back. I kept screaming over and over. It's my constitutional right. I wasn't shouting anything profane. I never swore. Not then, not ever. I was shouting out my rights. It just killed me to leave the bus. I hated to give that white woman my seat when so many black people were standing. I was crying hard. The cops put me in the back of a police car and shut the door. They stood outside and talked to each other for a minute. And then one came back and told me to stick my hands out the open window. He handcuffed me and then pulled the door open and jumped in the back seat with me. I put my knees together and crossed my hands over my lap and started praying. All ride long, they swore at me and ridiculed me. They took turns trying to guess my bra size. They called me N-word bitch and cracked jokes about parts of my body. I recited the Lord's Prayer and the 23rd Psalm over over and over in my head, trying to push back the fear. I assumed they were taking me to juvenile court because I was only 15. I was thinking, now I'm going to be picking cotton, since that's how they punish juveniles. They put you in a school out in the country where they made you do field work during the day. But we were going in the wrong direction. They kept telling me I was going to Atmore, the women's penitentiary. Instead, we pulled up to the police station and they led me inside. More cops looked up when we came in and started calling me Thing and Whore. They booked me and took my fingerprints. Then they put me back in the car and drove me to the city jail, the adult jail. Someone led me straight to a cell without giving me any chance to make a phone call. He opened the door and told me to get inside. He shut it hard behind me and turned the key. The lock fell into place with a heavy sound. It was the worst sound I ever heard. It sounded final. It said I was trapped. When he went away, I looked around me. Three bare walls, a toilet, and a cot. Then I fell down on my knees in the middle of the cell and started crying again. I didn't know if anyone knew where I was or what had happened to me. I had no idea how long I would be there. I cried and I put my hands together and prayed like I had never prayed before. Um, And then this is the author. 
Meanwhile, schoolmates who had been on the bus had run home and telephoned Claudette's mother at the house where she worked as a maid. Girls went over and took care of the lady's three small children so that Claudette's mother could leave. Marianne Colvin called Claudette's pastor, the Reverend H.H. Johnson. He had a car, and together they sped to the police station. And then this is Claudette again. When they led Mom back, there I was in a cell. I was crying hard, and then Mom got upset too. When she saw me, she didn't bawl me out. She just asked, are you all right, Claudette? Reverend Johnson bailed me out, and we drove home. By the time we got to King Hill, word had spread everywhere. All our neighbors came around, and they were just squeezing me to death. I felt happy and proud. I had been talking about getting our rights ever since Jeremiah Reeves was arrested, and now they knew I was serious. Velma, QP, and Mary Ann's daughter, who was living with us at the time, kept saying it was my squeaky little voice that had saved me from getting beat up or raped by the cops. But I was afraid that night, too. I had stood up to a white bus driver and two white cops. I had challenged the bus law. There had been lynchings and cross burnings for that kind of thing. Wetumpka Highway that led out of Montgomery ran right past our house. It would have been easy for the clan to come up the hill in the night. Dad sat up all night with his, with his shotgun. We all stayed up. The neighbors facing the highway kept watch. Probably nobody on King Hill slept that night. But worried or not, I felt proud. I had stood up for our rights. I had done something a lot of adults hadn't done. On the ride home from jail, coming over the viaduct, Reverend Johnson had said something to me I'll never forget. He was an adult who everyone respected and his opinion meant a lot to me. Claudette, he said, I'm so proud of you. Everyone prays for freedom. We've all been praying and praying, but you're different. You want your answer the next morning. And I think you just brought the revolution to Montgomery. Wow. Yeah. So just interesting history stuff. Um, and I love, you know, um, learning about like awesome teenage girls <laughs> like yeah, doing 15, badass my stuff God. like how brave she must have been to be able so to do that brave. um and then how like sad it is that she couldn't be the face of the movement or like even really known about um right because she was a teenage girl and because she had gotten pregnant um and like yeah just that she was obviously so instrumental in this movement um and yet like a lot of people don't know about her and who we do learn about is rosa parks which like obviously rosa parks also an amazing person um but she was chosen to be who we learn about because um the people running this movement knew that if they didn't choose someone non-threatening to white people that white people wouldn't um listen yeah it really like hearing a story like that I could see how much value that would add to my education right and it really makes you question why we learned about the stupidest things we learned about in school uh-huh. which added zero value yeah. to, to, to who I am yeah yeah because this story is like is like to my girls life. are strong and brave and black girls are strong yeah. and brave and like this black girl stood up for what was right even though it was like really dangerous and scary for her to do so and she was instrumental in like creating change yeah Um, and like the little quote that the reverend had said to her like everyone prays for freedom we've all been praying and praying but you're different you want your answer the next morning Mm -hmm. um i think that's how like a lot of young people are yeah 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 Thank you for reading that, Lucia. Yeah, definitely. I hope it wasn't too long, <laughs> but I just no, thought it was really no, important and like it is important. I found it, it really, really fascinating to learn about. 
But yeah, everyone should go. If you're on TikTok, you should definitely follow Rinstar because she's so funny and amazing. Um, and if not, you can go follow her on Instagram. She like reposts her TikToks there too, which mm-hmm. is um, again wordy dot talk on Instagram. Cool. Um, and on not that note, everyone register to vote, and yes. you better be voting in your local elections, and also getting ready for the big old vote in November. Yes. Prepare now. Tell a family member to register, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Um, and don't think that it's going to be any different than last time, because last time we all thought Hillary would win, no problem, and it didn't turn out that way. So people be get better be getting their asses to the voting polls. Yeah, Trump is going to try everything in his power to win, to steal this election. Like, yes. be f- for sure prepared for that. Yes, exactly. Um, all right, moving into recommendations today. Uh, my recommendation is to listen to John Legend's new album called Bigger Love. It is very glorious and sexy. I think it um, makes you want to make love to <laughs> your lover in a very sensual setting. I've not heard this album yet. <laughs> you need to go listen. Um, and if you don't follow John Legend and Chrissy Teigen, definitely go do because they're just the cutest couple and they have the cutest kids and yeah Chrissy's hilarious um and yeah just I'm a big fan of that album Bigger Love I've listened it's like one of those albums I listened only like once or twice and now I feel like I really know it Mm. so yeah um Lucia what is your recommendation today oh gosh I didn't prepare a recommendation um I've had a weird week where all I've wanted to do is like rewatch really old shows (laughs) 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 like I don't I don't feel like I've absorbed like new content in a while right i was watching ugly betty last night um ah. i was watching heroes the day before <laughs> <laughs> it's like nice though that's a recommendation in and of itself that's it's true. like a calming self-care to watch things you've already watched yeah. before. oh you know i did watch a new show actually uh sweet magnolias it's oh i saw that yeah i actually really liked it i thought i wasn't going to um, but I just like wanted something kind of comforting to watch and it looked like it was going to be kind of comforting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I watched this the whole season um, and I actually really liked it. It definitely wasn't gay enough. There was like no gay characters in it, which is hard for me mm. to watch a show when there's like zero gay characters. Yeah. Um, but there is one gay character that they're like prepping to be gay. Um, and <laughs> You know how they do. Um. He's in the Harry Styles era yet. He hasn't quite reached fine lines. Yes. <laughs> and it's like, who knows if they'll ever do anything with that or if it's just kind of like a right. queer baiting situation where they're like, ooh, maybe someone's going to be gay. Keep watching. And then they're like, psych. <laughs> gotcha. Right. <laughs> Watch this whole show. No one was ever gay. Um, yeah. But no, I think they are going to make make this character gay eventually. It's like a, a side character. It's not one of the main ones. Anyways, it was very comforting. <laughs> if you're looking for just like a nice comforting show, you should watch it. And there's three main characters. There's there's three women. And then it's about like they live in this small town in the South. Um, and one of them is a black woman. And one of them is um, like a plus size woman um, played by Brooke Elliott. Um, and honestly, it was actually really nice to watch with this um with this actress because like they didn't make her weight part of her story 
um, which actually was extremely refreshing. And it's like, I didn't realize how refreshing that would be until the show had like ended. And I was like, wait, Mm. what? They did have like a little bit of a health. I feel like they couldn't, they couldn't, they couldn't just do a hundred percent. Like not. They can't stop themselves. They just couldn't stop themselves. So they did have a health, they did have like a diabetes health scare with her. Where, mm-hmm. like, they had to, like, go through her food, which was, I mean, they couldn't help themselves. But right. she had <laughs> romant- romantic storylines that had nothing to do with her weight. And she mm-hmm. had no, um, like, towards the end of the show, like, th- she met this, like, hot guy. And, like, they were, like, flirting. And she was, like, very flirty. And she's seen as, like, the wild, sexy one of the bunch. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, her weight wasn't, like, part of that at all. Which, like, just yeah. never happens. Um, yeah. So I think for that reason alone, the show was, like, a worth it to watch for me. Um, just, like, seeing someone, like, who's not skinny, like, have romantic storylines. And right. it's, like, not even a thing. It's just, like, yeah, she's, like, a hot lady. Um, and, like, yeah. this man is attracted to her. And, like, you know, I just, I think that was really cool. Um, it is annoying because <laughs> I don't want to trash talk anyone because I don't like to do that. But, like, the main star of the show is the white lady, like, the skinny white mm-hmm. lady. And, like, she was the most boring. And I was, like, I'm really into mm-hmm. these other <laughs> black women and this, like, plus-size woman. And, like, the skinny white lady was just kind of annoying. Um, but yeah. she's, like, the star of the show. Um, right. But there, it's an ensemble cast, so you get a lot of the other women's storylines as well. Um, and it's definitely, like, very lifetime-y. Um, mm-hmm. But also, like, they deal with some some pretty heavy topics too uh so yeah kind of like a a silly show with some sneaky um like moving parts to it that sounds good yeah maybe i'll have to check it out it's also fun if you like don't live in the south or if you don't live in a small Mm -hmm. town because it like really transports you to like a different world um, they're yeah. all—they're also all rich. I'll say that as well. Like the the characters in the <laughs> oh, show are always like, fun to watch. Yeah, I they all have. Love playing, what if I was rich? <laughs> yeah, like they all live in like big beautiful houses, and like they open this spa, yeah. and like so it is very much like transporting fun. you to a different world. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for that recommendation, and yeah. thank you for everyone listening today. Let us know what you thought on the show what you thought of our golden interpretations and um, everything else we discussed. Was it good to get back into song discussions? Let us know. Were we rusty? I feel like we got into the groove. I think we got into the groove. I think I feel very, very talkative and oversherry today, but I guess that's not really that unusual. (laughs) I feel like we were upbeat today, which makes us more talkative. Um, which isn't a bad thing. It's just a long ass episode. It is. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to episode 228 of Talk Direction. You can follow us on Twitter at talk underscore direction. You can email us at talkdirection at gmail.com. You can visit our Tumblr, which is talkdirection.tumblr.com, or our Instagram, which is just talkdirection. And you can follow us individually on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Caitlin IR Foster, and Caitlin is spelled C A I T L I N. And Lucia, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucia O, spelled L-U-C-C-I-A-O-H. And then if you want to hear us ramble on some more, go check out our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash talkdirection, where you can subscribe for as little as one or two fifty a month. 
um, and get a whole bunch of bonus content, including Talk Direction Down Low, which is a mini half hour episode. And on today's episode, we're going to be doing a fanfic book club and pretty much discussing a fanfic like it's a book. Yes. And it's a good one to be in an oversharing mood for. I'll just say that. Yes, <laughs> it really is. It's going to get sexy up in here. <laughs> you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Leave us a review to help more people discover the show. And you can listen and like on SoundCloud. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Lucia. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time for episode 229. Bye. Bye.